1: all right everybody what's up welcome in to best on the board presented by bet mg yeah, Michael Beller and Brian Bennett here with you on Thursday, March 3rd to break down tonight's college basketball slate and also take a look ahead to some conference tournaments tipping off later on Thursday and over the weekend. Some conference tournament action already underway. We're going to get some bids locked up over the weekend. Brian, we said it earlier this week, but it, you can't say it too much, at least not early in the month. March is here. We're getting some dance shoes uh, put on over the weekend. It's going to be a great weekend. How are you doing?
0: Oh, I'm doing fantastic. We even have postseason afternoon college basketball today with the Sun Belt with some games, and uh, it just feels like we're right in the middle of the madness, and I love it. And I'm somehow seven and one in our picks <laughs> this year. Not not a lot of picks I've made, but seven and one. I'll take it.
1: Hey, 7-1, you will take that all season long, even if that's all you do. Even if that's all you do all season, you'll take 7-1 and one happily. But
0: we're going to do a little bit
1: more uh, over these last, what, 10 days or so of the regular season. Uh, and then, of course, into the NCAA Tournament. Uh, just a couple of weeks from now. But as we talked about, there are still plenty of uh, exciting and fun big conference games for us Thursday through this weekend, while some of the smaller conferences, like the Sun Belt that you referenced, are into their conference tournaments, and we're going to hit on both of those angles on this episode of Best on the Board. BB, let's get started with the games that are happening later tonight, three games that we're going to talk through from tonight's slate, a couple of games out of the Big Ten and then one out of the Big 12. Let's start in the Big Ten. Ohio State and Michigan State getting together tonight in Columbus. Ohio State, six and a half point favorites in this game. And this is, I mean, that, that line right off the bat with the way Ohio State has played recently, that line jumps out at me as way too big. But these are two teams that all season long in the Big Ten, they've been that confounding middle tier. Not quite Wisconsin, Purdue, Illinois, better than the rest of the Big Ten, but two teams that have just been up and down all season long. What do you make of this matchup?
0: Yeah, can I pick both teams to lose? Is that possible? (laughs) Yeah, right? I mean, that's what I want to do, too. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Ohio State coming off loss at Maryland and then uh, home against Nebraska. I mean, whew, that's that's about as rough as it gets. And, you know, we don't know exactly what shape the Buckeyes are going to be in tonight. You know, Zed Key has been out. I was in a walking boot uh, for Mm -hmm. the last game, and uh, his status is still questionable. Uh, Also, uh, uh, Kyle Young uh, left that Nebraska game with with some sort of illness, and we know he's had some – some of his own issues uh, throughout his career. So whether he plays tonight, uh, we don't know that. And Ohio State was already a little shorthanded, not a, not a big rotation there. Um, so a, a team that's not playing well, especially we're well, really on either side of the either side of the court, but uh, yeah. offensively it's been it's been pretty pretty rough. Only sixty points, you know, against Maryland. So and on the other hand, Michigan State, a team that has not played very well on the road. Uh, at all It's played played pretty decently at home obviously beat purdue but at home uh, just a few days ago but you know going on the road it has lost some bad games including at penn state so uh this is one that's going to be it's it's tough to have any confidence in either side but you know if i'm going to get those points from for michigan state the way the way ohio state's playing i'd probably take those i may i may go for the under here just the way both teams offenses have struggled to put up points and and what kind of shape they're in
1: so the total is 138.5, and, and so I think that reflects the uh, the fact that both of these offenses have struggled of late. Because if you look over on Ken Palm, Ken Palm does have this as a five-point win for Ohio State, but he's got it up at 145. So, you know, the, the metrics, the analytics would suggest that these two teams should be able to score it at a rate... Much better than the 138 and a half total that has been placed on it by BetMGM, uh, but I don't know how you have any confidence in that, given the way these uh, offenses have gone recently and some of the players that Ohio State could be without. I mean, whenever I see a spread like this, Brian, uh, with the way that Ohio State has, with the way that the favorite take Ohio State, out, with the way that the favorite has played, I see a team that has is reeling, is coming off. You know, one of the worst big conference losses of the season. Let's be honest about it. At home against a terrible Nebraska team that is now three and sixteen in Big Ten play, you lose that game, and then you're right away turning around and laying six and a half points. That like that that makes me scratch my head like in a way that like. Wait a minute. Sh- should I like Ohio State because this feels like books are begging us to bet on Michigan State?
0: <laughs> That's true. And then at the same time, you know, Michigan State coming off the you know, just getting blown out against uh, Michigan. So, uh-huh. uh, yeah, I think you know I, I hate to bet bet against EJ Liddell at home. Uh, yeah. He could, he could go off and and win this game by himself. But you know, again, this is probably a stay away from me on, on the on the on the line. I'd probably rather bet the under, but. Um, if I had to pick one, I've definitely taken the points, uh, five and a half. I mean, even if Ohio state wins, it's hard for me to see yeah. win them by six, the way they've been playing.
1: Right. No, six and a half. They got to win this by seven. So, I mean, that's like, that's, this is that that's what makes this such a stay away for me too, because I can't, I just can't get next to laying six and a half with Ohio state. But at the same time, the spread being that high makes me scratch my head and wonder, should I like Ohio State? I mean, Michigan State, losers of, what, what, six of their last eight games, they had that nice home win over Purdue. Uh, The other one uh, went over Indiana, and talk about a team that is just doing everything in its power to not make the tournament the Indiana Hoosiers. We could have a whole show on that, but I mean... Losses to Rutgers, Wisconsin, Penn State, Illinois, Iowa, and Michigan in that stretch. And I mean, yeah, the road loss at Penn State doesn't look good, uh, but I mean, you know, you lose to, at Rutgers, you lose to Wisconsin, Illinois, Iowa, Michigan, uh, a bunch of those games coming on the road. Like, there's nothing shameful in there other than maybe the, the road loss at Penn State for Michigan State, but like you Got to win a game, like there, you can't just, you know, sh- unshameful loss your way to feeling good about yourself, like it's just that's just not how things work. So, while none of those is like this great sin against basketball, those losses that they've racked up, like this is still a team that just can't quite get things right
0: for sure. And I think their seed is dropping, you know, I would probably put them at best on the seven line at this point. Um, and Ohio State, same way, they were right there on the Right on the cusp of a, a four seed, uh, when the committee did its reveal, they said they were one of the three teams they considered for that last number four seed. And right now, I don't know. I don't know how you can put them above the six mm-hmm. six seed line, and, and and you know with their injuries, uh, who knows. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's a you know it's a it's a game a big game proceeding in the Big Ten tournament, I suppose. Yep. Uh But both these teams just need to get right as much as possible. Uh, they're both going to be in the NCAA tournament, but you can't have a lot of confidence about the way they're playing right now.
1: All right, so to stay away for both of us on the line, maybe think about taking that under of 138 and a half. TCU and Kansas, next game that I want to talk about here. Now, of course, we've got a a little bit of a a, a unique situation in this because of a COVID cancellation from earlier in the season. These two teams just played on Tuesday. That was a dramatic win for TCU, a 10-point victory at home. Now they turn right around and play 48 hours later. This one coming in Lawrence. The spread on this game, Kansas favored by 11.5, and and the total that we have for this one sitting at 142.5. I am inclined to believe, Brian, that a good team like Kansas, a potentially great team like Kansas, goes down in the fashion they did just 48 hours prior against the same opponent, Comes back out at home and sort of runs away with this game. So minus eleven and a half is definitely a bet that I am considering right now. I'll talk talk it through with you before I actually go ahead and confirm it. But what do you look at when you look at these two teams getting together right after they just played?
0: Uh, it's really weird, and and you have to believe that Kansas can make a twenty two point turnaround in three days. Uh, you know that's that's asking quite a bit. Um, it is. You know, and, and Kansas, you know, also lost uh, the previous game to Baylor by ten points. So it's coming off two straight ten point losses. You don't see a lot of double digit losses uh, in the Bill Self era uh,
1: mm-hmm. at
0: Kansas. Now, the one thing I found interesting was reading some of the comments that uh, Bill Self had after that TCU loss. He talked about his team being really unathletic, saying they played under under the under the rim a lot. Um, really kind of you know gave it to his team a little bit. And I think TCU did a great job of, of really attacking David McCormick. Uh, and, you know, putting him in space to have to, you know, guard the pick and roll. And that's and something he has struggled with in his career. And uh, really, really good game plan there by, by Jamie Dixon. I do expect um, Bill Self is such a master at X's and O's that I think he'll have, you know, some really good adjustments tonight. And uh, as you said, a Kansas team that just hardly ever goes through something like this year, almost mm-hmm. never see them lose three in a row. So I have all the confidence in the world they're going to win this game. It's just... You know, can they win by twelve points after after what we saw just you know just two days ago? So um, I'd probably be inclined to take Kansas, but I don't feel great about it.
1: Yeah, I think that's. I mean,
0: it's just like I,
1: I'm headed down narrative street a little bit, uh, admittedly. Because, like, I mean, that's a, that's <clears throat> like that was no that was no fluke that of what, what TCU pulled off. You know, they didn't they didn't bank in a buzzer beater to win this game. They didn't artificially keep the game close. Like they they had a very good game plan. They came out, they executed it. They held Kansas to 64 points. This is the number four ranked offense uh, in terms of adjusted efficiency on Ken Palm. They hold them to 64 points. I mean, that was just a well well thought out and executed game plan by TCU so it does seem like a big ask to turn around after losing by 10 to come back out and then cover an 11 and a half point number so I admit that I am walking a little bit down narrative street because of the fact that a, a, a huge basis of why I'm back in Kansas is because a team this good gets beat that bad and is now smarting after coming off a of two straight double digit losses it, it just feels like the right spot for them to be able to turn things around and uh, and get a big home win over a team that just uh, really put them in their place, so that's that's what I look at here uh, with Kansas. I guess the one thing you maybe worry about a little bit is that uh, TCU, a very good offensive rebounding team, and that just those extra possessions can always make things uh, harder to cover a 12 point spread, harder to cover an 11 point, 11 and a half point spread, and win a game by 12. but... This just, I think that, you know, that like Bill Self knows his team is not unathletic. Bill Self knows that this team can play above the rim. Those feel like very pointed, specific criticisms of his team to get them to play the way that they can play offensively in their next time out.
0: For sure. And, you know, shout out to to TCU. I mean, they've been playing really well. They, you know, they beat Texas Tech uh, right before beating Kansas. Mike Miles might be one of the better players that most people in the country probably don't know much about. Um, he's a tough matchup, I think, for Kansas because he's, he's a he's not super big but he's strong and, and Kansas kind of plays those little guards uh a lot uh, and so i think that's a tough matchup for them and TCU 25th in, in the country and and uh, uh adjusted defensive efficiency uh they haven't been blown out a whole lot here lately uh in Big 12 play not really since since late january so uh, it's a team that you know i think can't can't keep can't keep it close uh, the other thing it's the third game since saturday for both these teams right. um and, and when you're TCU you've you get to play at home, but you also t- playing Texas Tech, I think, takes a lot out of you. Uh, yes. and, and and then playing Kansas. So I could see, you know, being some tired legs. And if and if both teams are a little tired, I, I would favor the home team here. So that's something that uh that may push push the scales toward toward Kansas' favor and covering this.
1: A huge game for TCU yet again. You get those back to back wins over Texas Tech and Kansas, and suddenly you are firmly on the bubble. So if they could complete that with a sweep over Kansas going into the Big 12 tournament, this is a team that's definitely playing for its NCAA tournament life. Another big one for the yeah, Horn well, Frogs. I think, one I think
0: they're a lock, by the way. I think they're a lock.
1: You think they're a lock? Okay. After that that Kansas win, do it for them?
0: Well, yeah, six quad one wins, beat Texas Tech, Kansas, and they beat LSU. Don't forget LSU, LSU, LSU right, the SEC Big 12, 12 SEC Challenge. So I, I think they're in, no question. I think they're probably like an eight or nine seed.
1: All right. There you go. One more Big Ten game to talk about here really quick. Iowa and Michigan. Uh, a big game, uh, again, for both these teams. Teams that are going to go dancing, almost for sure. But hey, uh, a fun game uh, for Big Ten seeding in the tournament. Iowa, two and a half point underdogs in this game and Ann Arbor. 154 and a half is the spread, or excuse me, the total on this game I think this is a fun one and obviously uh you know Michigan still playing without its head coach Jawan Howard and that will be the case uh, as they wrap up the regular season Iowa a very resilient team uh, a team that uh, obviously uh, was not necessarily thought to be this good coming into the season and uh, has put together another very good offensive team and a defense optional team as we expect to see from Fran McCaffrey's bunches but uh, this should be a fun game what are you uh, expecting to see when these two teams get together tonight
0: yeah, we just saw this, these two teams play a couple weeks ago. Michigan went in uh, to Carver and, and won uh, by five points. Uh, you know, Iowa just didn't shoot the ball that great that night. I think four of 18 from three, which uh, is probably not uh, repeatable, uh, even though Michigan's Michigan's good uh, defensively against the three, but I wouldn't call them elite. I think they're somewhere on 60th in the country defending the three. Um, I do think that Iowa will have a tough matchup as most people do against Hunter Dickinson. And we just saw Mm -hmm. him absolutely go off uh, against Michigan state. So if he comes in and has a game, anything like that, I think it's going to be a tough one for Iowa to to really counter. So, you know, I it's it's not a big spread for for Michigan being at home, and that's it, been kind of a tough team to get a read on. They, they seem to play win lose win lose, you know, a lot. Uh, in fact, their last what his last six games, that's what it has been three and three, and, and just it's they haven't won or lost two in a row in a month or so. So um, I I kind of like Michigan here, though. I, I think I think they're going to win this game at home. Um, I think they can cover. You know, Iowa's offense is really good, but um, you know, as long as Michigan is making shots and, and Dickinson is playing well. Um, I think that's a tough matchup for Iowa.
1: Yeah, that 4 of 18 definitely sticks out like a sore thumb for Iowa in that first loss, especially with it just being by five points. This is a team that shoots 35% from three on the season. So to go 4 for 18, I mean, Iowa, most a lot of college teams aren't going to win very many games when they shoot 4 of 18 from behind the arc. is one of those teams that really isn't going to win very many games if they're shooting 4 of 18. If I told you they go, they shoot, I don't know, 8 of 18 tonight, does that change the way you think?
0: Uh, possibly I just uh, you know I want to know what Michigan's doing too because Michigan's another team where it just seems like you know they they have some shooters but sometimes they have some rough nights Caleb Houston's been better uh of late uh, they definitely got off to the rough start there um uh, but you know I, I either team is really great defensively uh I was offense is a little bit better than Michigan's mm-hmm. but again in the road challenge um uh, the way Michigan looked the other night it's a t- I mean it's a tough one I can see it going either way but probably going to take the, the home team here and I don't have to give up a lot of points. So, so I'll probably go that direction
1: for what it's worth. Ken Palm, a one point victory for Iowa as a projection in this game, 79 to 78. So uh, this is as of 10, 15 AM central time, something I am staying away from. I could, however, see myself going against you going with Ken Palm and going with Iowa, something that uh, I'm going to be considering over these next few hours. All right, Brian, let's get into some conference tournament talk here with the Missouri Valley, the West Coast Conference, the Sun Belt, all of those starting on Thursday. And as you said, I mean, like I said, I just said, 10, 15 a.m. in the Central Time Zone, these Sun Belt Conference games are uh, just about to tip off here. So we got some afternoon tournament basketball ahead of us. We've got the Ohio Valley uh, going to be the first conference, sending an automatic qualifier to the tournament That championship games on Saturday. Uh, The Missouri Valley, the Big South championship games are on Sunday. So, again, the madness is is here. Let's start off talking about the West Coast Conference. Obviously, Gonzaga is the big-time favorite in this one. They are minus 375 to win the West Coast Conference. St. Mary's, who just knocked off Gonzaga last week, plus 500. San Francisco, plus 1,400. And then you got the rest of the conference behind them. Obviously, the Zags, St. Mary's, they're in. San Francisco, probably in. Do you see any potential bid thieves in this conference?
0: Um. Well, in order for that to happen, somebody's got to be Gonzaga, and then yeah. somebody has to be has to be not uh, St. Mary's or uh, San Francisco. So it's you know it's potential. Potentially BYU uh, could do it. I, I have them out right now. Uh, they've been kind of they were in for most of the year, but then that took some bad losses. So that's one. You know Santa Clara hasn't been too bad. Uh, this mm-hmm. year, uh, and that's a team that you know maybe could do something, but I just, I, I mean, come on, it's Gonzaga, and then it's, <laughs> the only, I mean, the only team that has shown really any ability to be Gonzaga this year is St. Mary's, which yeah. I just did it last weekend. So if it's if it's any of those, anybody that's not those two teams, maybe St. Mary's gets there, but I, I just don't see it. I'm sorry, I'm trying to figure out a way. <laughs> <laughs> but- uh,
1: yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, it's worthy to have. The, it's worthwhile to have these discussions, but I, I don't really see it either. I mean, you, you mentioned Santa Clara and BYU. Obviously, they're the next two best teams in the conference, and they're sitting at plus 2,500. So, you know, almost double the odds that San Francisco is to win it. And then Loyola, Marymount, Portland, the bad teams in the conference, plus 25,000 or worse. So we're really looking at, you know, maybe Santa Clara or BYU finding a way to sneak their way through, and, and it's really hard to like it. At the same time, Gonzaga minus three seventy five. You're not betting that. St. Mary's plus five hundred. San Francisco plus fourteen hundred. This just doesn't feel like uh, a a spot where where we want to be investing any of our futures money. Just really no value in any of these teams.
0: Uh, I'll let somebody else take take that on. Only once since twenty thirteen has Gonzaga not won this tournament, and that's when St. Mary's did. In fact. Uh, I think 2008 was the last time someone who wasn't St. Mary's Oregon Zaga won this <laughs> tournament. When San Diego won it, we need a we need an oral history of that. I think to figure yeah. out how that San Diego won that tournament. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, this has been a, a two team conference basically, a conference tournament uh, for for over a decade. So I'm and there's and the, if St. Mary's odds were a little better, I might I might take a shot just right. thinking they get to the title game and you know you take a shot. But at, at, it, I don't think at that price, it's worth it.
1: All right, let's take a look at the Missouri Valley Conference, where Loyola is the favorite at plus 110, Missouri State plus 400, Northern Iowa plus 550, Drake and Bradley both at plus 700. As we were building this show today, I asked you if there's any of these teams that do, in fact, jump out at you, and you've got one here in the Valley, not Loyola. Who do you like?
0: Yeah, let's uh, just mention that in Loyola Chicago, just the number four seed here, despite being uh, yep. This morning, 31st in the net, 31st in Ken uh, Obviously, the team that people recognize out of this league, but, but took on five losses in conference play and uh, probably has to get to the conference title game to even have a shot uh, at getting an at-large bid, as crazy as that sounds. Uh, and even then, it's not guaranteed. But, uh, yeah, I I, you know, I don't see a lot of value in betting on, on Loyola Chicago, even though I do think they're they're the best team. So the team mm-hmm. I like here is, is a little bit of a long shot, uh, not too much of a long shot, is Missouri State. You know they did beat Loyola last year at Loyola, um, and they're on the other side of the bracket from Northern Iowa, which which won the regular season title and Loyola. So they would only have to play them in the championship game. And on the others on this side, they would play in the and the uh, semis would be Drake, which they mm-hmm. swept. And uh, Drake is down a starter, has an injury there. So Missouri State, a really talented team. Uh, Isaiah Mosley might be the, one of the best, maybe the best scorer in that conference. Gage Prim, a really good big guy. So uh, this is a team that uh, at times has looked really good this year, uh, has some big wins, and uh, if I can get a team that I think is going to get to the title game, Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. then I think that, that, that all of a sudden the value becomes pretty good.
1: Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Exactly the same reason why I'm considering betting Missouri State at four to one. They've just got a great path to the title game. They've got they've got you know better path than Loyola or Northern Iowa has to the title game because as you said, they don't have to play both of those teams. They only have to beat one of those teams to get into or to win to, to win this. So if you can just get them to the title game, regardless of if they're playing Loyola or Northern Iowa, assuming it's one of those two teams, then you then your betting paths open up. You can maybe cash that ticket out. You can hedge on the other side. I mean, you just have a lot of options. Should Missouri State make it to the title game, including winning your 4-1 to bet. So there's a lot of good things going on here with Missouri State, not least of which, as you said, their, um, their their chalk path leads them into the semis against a team that they've already swept this season, and that being Drake. So a lot of good things for Missouri State. This is lined up very well, and again, it's going to be an interesting turn. The Valley Arch Madness always gives us a little bit of something fun to watch. It's always one of the most fun tournaments, maybe a little bit of something than that. It's this early, but... There's something to watch here, especially if, as you say, Loyola maybe not getting an at-large bid here. Maybe everyone is AQ or bust in this conference. So Missouri State at plus 400, a bet to consider before we start this uh, conference tournament week coming up. The Summit League getting going. Over the weekend, this also gives us one with a favorite as a minus, that being South Dakota State. They are minus 175. Then you've got a couple of uh, reasonable bets in North Dakota State at plus 500. Oral Roberts at plus 600. Then we start to get to the double digits. UMKC 14 to 1 South Dakota and Western Illinois 16 to 1. How do you break this one down, BB?
0: Yeah, it's, it's hard to go against South Dakota State. Uh, Jack Rabbits, 18-0 in that league. Uh, really, really good team. If, if anybody's not seen them play, uh, do yourself a favor and check them out. You know, They they lead the country in effective field goal percentage and three-point percentage, shooting 44% as a team from three. Uh, that would be the highest Ridiculous. highest rate uh, by a team uh, in at least 20 years. So it uh, it's a really fun team with a lot of interchangeable parts, and uh, obviously it's not lost. In this turn, in this uh, season, and during the league, and a team that should, I think, be considered for an at-large bid if it doesn't win here. But I'm not going to bet them because, again, no value here. So, um, yep. my I think Oral Roberts is pretty good value here, <laughs> plus 600. Now, this isn't quite as good a team, uh, I think, as as last year. Uh, when they made the sweet 16, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they won this league tournament last year when they finished fourth in the league, they're tied for third this year. So there's already a little bit of an improvement, <laughs> but, uh, you've got, uh, of course, Max Asemus there, uh, one of the best guards in America, just a, a guy who can absolutely take over this tournament if he wants and, and drop 40 in each game. And, uh, just, uh, last week, uh, they played South Dakota state. It was at home and they took them to overtime, lost one Oh six, one Oh two. Uh, but you know, right there in that game. So they would not have to play South Dakota state until the championship game. And if I can get six to one odds on a team uh, that was in the Sweet Sixteen last year and has and has clearly the best player in the conference, I'll take that mm-hmm. every day.
1: I mean, they're the one team in this conference that you know, despite the losses that they did take, Oral Roberts, a uh, team that lost six games in the conference, they're the one team that played uh, South Dakota State pretty darn tough. Uh, you mentioned the game in overtime just last week. You go all the way back to the very beginning of conference play. This is before Christmas, and they lose. Uh, a, To 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 South Dakota State on the road by six in a game that they were down just by three points with ten minutes left. So I mean, both times these teams met it was certainly not a cakewalk for South Dakota State so uh that's definitely uh if you're, it feels like if you're if you're going to be betting on someone in this conference it feels like that's really the only realistic path let's just talk it through the bracket really quick though South Dakota State as you said a fun team 18 and 0 in conference uh potentially worthy of an at large bid should they get upset at some point in this conference tournament right now in your bracket watch uh, where do you have them seated
0: I had them uh, on the 13 line, uh, a chance for them to move up to a 12, depending on things uh, shake out, uh, you know, I, and if they win this conference tournament, I could see them getting all the way up to, to maybe an 11, um, you know, a team with, with uh, only four losses uh, on the year, uh, you know, not not a lot of great wins uh, outside mm-hmm. of the league play. And then Summit is not, you know, the best league in the world, but we, again, we saw where Roberts came out of there last year and, and do just fine. So uh, yeah, I, I think uh, again, a, just a, a team that doesn't play a ton of defense necessarily, but uh, their yep. offense is just so good. Uh, It doesn't matter. Um, Not real big, but uh, again, a lot of interchangeable parts. Uh, Play truly positionless basketball. Shoot the heck out of it. Um, Not a team I think a lot of people would want to see uh, as a first-round matchup.
1: Yeah, they're definitely, assuming they do get into uh, into the big dance, they are going to be one of the more popular 13-over-4, 12-over-5 uh, picks for sure in the first round. And uh, you're not going to see uh, a, a shortage, I think, of them if you're watching any bracketology shows from Sunday on through Wednesday or on through Thursday morning. Uh, you're not going to see a shortage of uh, S- uh, S- South Dakota State, excuse me, to the Sweet 16. A lot of S's in there. South Dakota State. To the Sweet 16. That's going to be a popular pick, assuming they do indeed go dancing. I just want to throw one more thing out here really quickly before we wrap things up. I'm best on the board. Sun Belt Conference also starting their tournament on Thursday. This is a very stacked up conference in terms of championship odds, winning this conference tournament. Texas State, the favorite, as they deserve to be. They're at plus 250. Then you've got Georgia State at plus 400, South Alabama at plus 400, Abbey State at plus 600, and Troy at plus 800. Even go down the, I mean, Coastal Carolina's 10 to 1, Arkansas State's 14 to 1. This is a stacked on top of itself conference tournament, which means It's pretty comfortably open, at least for those first few teams. Texas State, Georgia State, South Alabama, Appy State. I think any of those four teams is liable to win this thing. And I wouldn't even rule out a run by a Troy or a Coastal uh, here. But I look at South Alabama, Brian a team that's sitting at plus 400. Uh, We know they've got one of the best players in the conference in Charles Manning, a a team that, uh, you know, has uh, in the one, the one game that they played against Texas state, they played them close. They lost by three. This just happened last week. Uh, A team that uh, was right there with Alabama in their one really big uh, non-conference game, a game they ended up losing by five points, but that they were in the entire game, had a lead in that game in the second half. Uh, So this is a team that has shown us an ability to play up to its competition. And at four to one, that's a bet that I feel pretty comfortable making. I like the South Alabama team to potentially pull off what would be a mini upset and win this conference tournament.
0: Well, more power to you. It's, uh, this uh, league is, uh, is pretty pretty crazy. It's, it's been a hard one to figure out all year long to me. Uh, you know, Texas State is probably the separated itself as, as the best team. But uh, as you mentioned, and once you get past that, it's put them in a hat and draw them out. Uh, you know, South Alabama, I think probably came into the year. A lot of people, they were the favorite um, because they had a lot of, lot of talent, uh, a lot of transfers. They are four and five in their last nine games, so it's it's been hard to, to kind of see them get on a roll and, and play consistent basketball. So, you know, I, I picked Georgia State to win this um, just because I think they're they're hot right now. You know, they've they won eight of their their last nine uh, going going into the tournament, uh, and including a win over Appalachian State on the road. Uh, you know, that Appalachian State was uh, I think finished second in this league. So, but this is just one of those leagues where it's just you could tell me 18 one of 8 or 9 teams yeah. <laughs> wins this uh, and i wouldn't be surprised so I, i'm not going to i'm not going to put any money on it
1: is the dog agreeing with you or disagreeing with you what do you think
0: she doesn't like that at all she's a big <laughs> texas state fan i think <laughs>
1: uh man, that's i mean right there that, that as everyone you, you you get into it i get into it millions and millions of people around the country and the world get into it even our dogs get into march madness and, and that's just it's a beautiful thing that we've got coming our way over this next month that's gonna do it for us here on this episode of best on the board for brian bennett i am michael peller thanks so much for listening Good luck with all your plays today and this weekend. Happy betting. We'll talk to you soon.